Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our, uh, <laughs> I almost said season, Sense and Sensibility finale episode, chapters 45 ah! through 50. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean... I can believe it because we were supposed to do this three weeks ago. So. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of a personal delay in recording it, but. <laughs> yes. It's just been like, well, it, that was because of technical difficulties. And then yes. today we've not had any recording difficulties, but it's just been a day of technical difficulties for the yes. podcast. Like, oh, right. Being, yes. Uh, released today. Anyway, so. <laughs> Nice bookend of technical difficulties for us. Of course. <laughs> Never an end but to them. It just means that I've now listened to these last five chapters like three times. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> you are imbued with the information. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, today when the whole world was like making me crazy, I just said, you know what? I get to listen to the last chapter of Sense and Sensibility. And I'm going to do that right now and stop thinking about everything else that's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> gonna abandon those uh sensibilities and get some sense in your life yeah i'm gonna say i i think it's allison larkin who does the other version i think i prefer her version to the rosamund pike version just because um. as i was listening to the rosamund pike tip one today i was like oh, you're like sucking out the funny <laughs> <laughs> i think she's just got such a serious like tone to her voice so i could totally see that she just maybe like a i don't know like a more serious like i could see her reading like a gothic novel of some sort <laughs> i think maybe it's just like a dryness that for doesn't translate to me personally but right yeah i'm very excited to talk about this one though we will have one more episode with Kristen. i don't know if it'll be like part of a check-in or just like a little mini episode or if it will just talk for an hour who knows <laughs> <laughs> it'll be something fun we'll be yeah because it'll be it's been a while since we checked in with Kristen. true true uh, I, I want i kind of want her to hear all the episodes before mm-hmm. That's awesome. we talk to her <laughs> well i'm excited yeah me too so what was your first, if you can remember, the three weeks ago, or when, <laughs> when you first read these last chapters, what was your first impression? Uh, well, they did not disappoint, for sure. <laughs> All of um, your extolments about how great they were and how everything gets wrapped up great. <laughs> and even though everyone gets a happy ending, I roll. Yeah, <laughs> <Kind> um, of- <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was still so much fun to read it, even though I knew it was coming. It was still like a, uh, I'm so happy for everyone. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. And it works out really well. Like all the stuff that you're like, oh, I feel uncomfortable about this. It's like, oh, well, the way it's written, you know, like the Marianne stuff, she's 19, but so like three years pass in the last chapter, you know, like. Right. So, yeah, it all works out really nicely, and I still am like, Edmund, what is wrong with you, you insane person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is this, like, the bit of wild that Eleanor needs in her life? She's like, I just need to date a really weird guy who <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense, and I'll just always have fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really... 
you know, I feel like uh, one of the last episodes I was like, I don't even know what I wrote in my recap. And this one has now been, okay, what are we at? <laughs> May? Yeah. May? And I wrote this in January. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's almost half a year old at this point. <laughs> yes, I really have no idea, but I'm sure it'll pretty much be what I think in general. But <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I can't remember specifically because I think I read this book in college. Uh-huh. But I don't really remember what my impressions of it were at that time. But I do remember after I watched both of the adaptations, you know, and not really knowing, like, what what from these two adaptations is actually in the book and what mm-hmm. is not in the book, you know. And then getting to the last chapter, I, I can distinctly remember driving my car, <laughs> like, towards Ponte Vedra on, like, 210 because I, I like have a specific That's place like a, memory. A stamped in your memory <laughs> <laughs> yeah of listening to the last chapter and just laughing so hard at, <laughs> like having to rewind and be like wait no I laughed over that repeat what you just said <laughs> come again Rosamond <laughs> <laughs> no I believe that was a different mm. version of it but yeah and that's where I got the impression like this is the funniest book <laughs> it is it is it's yeah I feel like she didn't <laughs> hold back with this one. She was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna be hilarious. And you guys are gonna have yeah. to deal with it. <laughs> so that's pretty much all I can remember from my first impression. But should we go ahead and get into the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, we don't have any notes today. So, well, we have maybe some more notes for when we talk to Kristen, but yeah, we'll figure something out. All right. Chapters 45 through 50. <sighs> oh, yeah. The last thing that happened was the big Willoughby coming. Marianne, like, right. turned the corner. She was starting to get better. And then Willoughby shows up, all crazy pants. And Eleanor's like, okay, you told me what you want to tell me. Now get out. And then, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's where we are. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so 45, which I called, Eleanor doesn't know what to think. (laughs) (laughs) So after Willoughby leaves, Eleanor has a lot of thoughts swirling through her head. One, just one hour ago, she thought him the most worthless man, (laughs) worthless of men. And now in spite of all his faults, she does feel some tenderness and regret. Rather in proportion, as she soon acknowledged within herself to his wishes than to his merits. (laughs) So, you know, he talked her around and she's like, even though I know you're not great. (laughs) Even though I know you're not the best, you're also not the worst, I guess. I know. It's so hard when you're mad at someone and then they like actually come and apologize and you're like, okay, fine, I forgive you. But like, I still deep down I'm mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready for you to be accountable yet. Can you just wait? (laughs) So then Eleanor goes to check on Marianne and she finds her refreshed by some rest really Mm. restful sleep like some real sleep and within a half an hour of willoughby leaving mama arrives just on time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mama can barely speak when she comes in but eleanor quickly reassures her and she goes up to see marianne marianne continues to rest and mama insists on staying up with her and sends eleanor off to bed finally which she 
I think we kind of mentioned in the last episode, but she really hasn't like slept at all in the last 24 hours. Right. And she's just been like incredibly stressed out. And at first she just can't seem to fall asleep because she's thinking of Willoughby and the fact that she now has to figure out how to tell this to Marianne. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's already thinking of him as poor Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> This is where I was like, Eleanor, don't soften too quickly. <laughs> yeah, right? Because she, for a second, is almost wishing that he's like, that his wife would die. Like, that he's a <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then she remembers Colonel Brandon and wishes for anything other than Mrs. Willoughby's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really funny how, like, easy it is for Willoughby to really turn Eleanor around and, you know... Yeah. Even though she still realizes kind of his jackassery. It's like I think it's like a testament to his like charmingness. Like he's probably has true. He's probably one of those people who is just so good at talking to people in a certain way and pushing certain buttons, even if it's like not intentional, if it's just him talking. He's just naturally yeah. that kind of person. Well, I think it's the same thing that makes Marianne so lovable to everyone. Exactly. It's just like wearing your heart on your sleeve and being so open with your emotions and your mm-hmm. thoughts and stuff. It's um, endearing. Yes. Especially for someone who keeps all of their emotions closed up right. and <laughs> can't express them at all. Endearing and I'm sure bewildering to Eleanor. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. So we find out that Mama had basically already determined that she was going to get herself to Marianne come hell or high water. She'd already found like (laughs) sitters for Margaret. And when Colonel (laughs) Brandon shows up to fetch her, she's super happy and relieved. And Eleanor is kind of like, well, thanks for not caring about me and Edward. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) But, you know, there's more important things. Exactly. But um, (laughs) how was Mama to know when Eleanor had sent such a tempered account of her such a tempered account to her of the matter she kind of thought it wasn't really affecting her so i mean Mm. again eleanor Mm. is just like biting her own self and then she's getting mad at people for not like reading her mind (laughs) exactly i was like i that was like teenage me was eleanor so hard where it was like i'm not gonna tell anyone anything but then i'm gonna get mad if you don't react how you should be reacting in my head yeah and it's annoying to me because you're not how, reacting how I'm thinking you're supposed to react. Right. And like, you don't need to be disappointed that no one cares about your feelings if you never tell your feelings to anyone. Like, right. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be your mother. Right. She should be the one who's mad at you. <laughs> right. Exactly. It should just be a straight line from A to B. Instead, we're just doing like loop de loops and we're going off page. <laughs> exactly. We're eventually getting there. <laughs> So Mama is very happy about one thing in particular, and that is the confession Colonel B gave her in the carriage that he loved Marianne and has since he first met her. And she says, had I sat down to wish for any possible good to my family, I should have fixed on Colonel Brandon's marrying one of you as the object most desirable. And I believe Marianne will be the most happy with him of the two. I wrote, I'm sorry, but that's messed up. Marianne has gone (laughs) out of her way to not speak to him or even be in the same room with him for months, almost 
the entirety of the relationship, as a matter of fact. And while Eleanor has found him to be maybe the most comfort and most kindred spirit out of everyone. So I'm like, yeah, Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> not to mention that Marianne, I feel like has voiced outwardly how much she does not like think of Colonel Brandon in that way and how he's way too old for her and they could possibly exactly. never be together. I know. And Eleanor is like, well, the only person I actually like is Colonel Brandon. Exactly. <laughs> so for my mom to be like, I actually think he'd be best with Marianne. Eleanor. <laughs> but Eleanor's not pissed about that, but I'm the one who's like, ah, that's not really fair, Mama. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should see what's going on. Clearly. Yeah. Well, and also she's very much rewriting her history in regard to how much she liked or trusted Willoughby from the start. Right. <laughs> right. Very much a Mrs. Bennett kind of a... Mm-hmm. made me think... I w- I was going to say, I was wondering if it if that's like how Austin's mother was for her to write two mothers with that same trait. Yeah, because I was just about to say, it seems like almost like a quintessential Jane Austen like mother trope where they're like, it's almost like they're not like overly silly in some aspects, but there's just a silliness <laughs> to them. And there's like a changing of like history, like you said, of being like, well, I always thought the same thing. And it's like, oh, let's flip back right. to the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> we can see. <laughs> This isn't that long of a book. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember chapters one through five. Yeah. So um, even though Mama was very distressed when she got this confession, she has since reassured him that she would promote the match to Marianne. And Colonel Brennan is like, I don't really believe it, though. He, he's like, I'm too old. <laughs> and... Mama disagrees and thinks that it's only enough of a difference to be an advantage. Just 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you can die while she still has plenty of life left in her. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, um, Eleanor is still thinking about Willoughby in the back of her head, but she mostly just lets Mama talk. And Mama is already planning to move to the neighborhood of Delaford with Eleanor and Margaret. And Eleanor is like, I'm sick of people trying to get me to a place I most certainly don't want to be. (laughs) (laughs) It was a moment where she was like, Delaford, Delaford, Delaford. I don't want to go to Delaford. Uh, Yeah, because she's still thinking that that's where Edward and Lucy are going to be. Their marriage. So chapter 46, entitled by me, Sisterly Love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the best austin tropes in my opinion Uh uh-huh and this book has the best honestly i think has the best sister relationship yeah it's i mean jane and and elizabeth are really good too but i feel like this one is like the good the bad and the ugly and it's all yeah good it all turns out good in the end yeah so marianne starts to recover very quickly and within four days she's able to sit up in mrs palmer's dressing room and see colonel brandon by her own request she really wants to thank him Eleanor sees them visiting and thinks she sees him looking at the pale sunken eyes of Marianne and remembering Eliza. (laughs) (laughs) And Mama just sees him falling in love. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. It kind of like tells you all their mindsets. Like Eleanor's (laughs) like, oh, he's probably remembering his lost love. And Mama's like, oh, he's falling in love with my daughter. (laughs) Like, it's so perfectly apt for each character. Yeah. (laughs) Marianne is getting visibly stronger, like, every 12 hours or so. And after a couple of days, they start to make plans on how they're going to get home. 
and they agree to take Colonel Brandon's carriage. He'll come pick it up and stay for visit in a few weeks. And finally, it's time to go, and Marianne spends a good while earnestly thanking Mrs. Jennings. <laughs> so full of respect and kind wishes as seemed due to her own heart from a secret acknowledgement of past inattention. And that's my one of my favorite little bits. Little moments. <laughs> I was like, oh, finally. Yes. You guys are appreciating Mrs. Jennings. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so sweet because, especially like after we see how Mrs. Jennings is so like concerned and really caring for both the girls, yes. but especially Marianne because she's been sick and it's like, Finally, we get, we get that little bit of like respect that we are like. Yeah, I mean, better we give it to just her. got it from Eleanor, so it's right. <laughs> nice to get it from Marianne as well. Exactly. It takes two days to get back. They try to make it as comfortable for Marianne as possible, and the last leg of the journey, Marianne watches out the window and cries silently. At least it's <laughs> silent this time. <laughs> yeah, it's not sobs. It's just tears. Yeah, Eleanor thinks it's only natural and wants to praise how quietly and unobtrusively she was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying so quietly, I don't even hear a sniffle. <laughs> <laughs> how does she do it? And Marianne actually is using her willpower to not dwell on memories of Willoughby and is resolute in her new resolution <laughs> to get up early <laughs> and practice the piano and read and overall just try to better herself oh and she may have to borrow some books from colonel brandon as well <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like there's been so many times in my life where i'm like oh, i'm so annoyed with everything i'm gonna make a new plan of study yes. from this hour to this hour and this to this hour this hour and you know it never really lasts but it always makes me feel right. better. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good short respite. So Eleanor is very glad to see all this, but keeps remembering that she still has to tell her about Willoughby's visit. And mm-hmm. luckily, a few days later, she's presented with the perfect opportunity. They go out for a short walk. This is actually Marianne's first walk. And Marianne sees where she took her fateful fall. <laughs> <laughs> And she asks if they will ever be able to talk about it, which, you know, <laughs> got to feel for Marianne when she's like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be like Eleanor and never speak of my feelings again. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she feels easy in her mind about things, except for in one respect. She wishes she knew how he had felt and whether he was always just lying to her. And she would much rather think that he was just fickle. Mm. Eleanor's like, well. (laughs) (sighs) Marianne says, I'm not wishing him too much good. (laughs) (laughs) Good. When I wish his secret reflections may be no more unpleasant than my own, he will suffer enough in them. And Eleanor says, do you compare your conduct with his? And she says, no, I compare it with what it ought to have been. I compare it with yours. Oh. And I said, do I always cry at this line? Maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. Oh, it's so sweet. Um, okay, so then she goes on to explain to Eleanor that she had a lot of time to reflect while she was still even too weak to talk. And she saw all of her flaws in this retrospection. She knew if she had died, it would have been her own fault for not taking care of herself <laughs> and that she would have greatly wronged her family by dying. 
<laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> she saw how she was rude to everybody, even John and Fanny, and had left Eleanor alone to deal with all of them. I'm like, yeah, but we liked that part of <laughs> Right. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> and she especially apologizes to Eleanor for not being there for her when she knew how unhappy she was. Oh. And that she was just making her more miserable for her own sake. And Eleanor, of course, impatient to soothe, though too honest to flatter, wrote, ha. (laughs) (laughs) Gave her instantly that praise and support, which her frankness and contrition so well deserved. She gave in to her very quickly, too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, It was so awesome. Like, it's so cool to see Marianne. It's a shame that it took a near-death experience, but she's, like, matured so much since the beginning of the book. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She vows only to live for her family from now on. If only she could know Willoughby's heart, everything would be easy. And with that, Eleanor tells her. (laughs) Marianne listens without asking questions, but does cry in her new silent manner. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes to her room for some solitude, which Eleanor now understands and tells her to, and, uh, um, oh, Marianne tells her to go tell mama or mama. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Chapter 47. No title for that one. I guess this is after Eleanor. Eleanor's telling mama. Right. And she's happy that Willity, Will Willity, <laughs> Willoughby. <laughs> the wine is sorry to catch up with me. Um, <laughs> Willoughby has cleared off part of his guilt, but can't bring herself to think of him again with affection. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because she now wants Colonel Brandon to be more important, or because Eleanor didn't want to give home to much credit, we'll never know. Um, want to give him 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 too much credit <laughs> let me say that again um, <laughs> whether it's because she now wants colonel brandon to be more important or because eleanor didn't want to give him too much credit we may never know <laughs> <laughs> okay and okay so that evening it's just the three of them and marianne brings him up she wants to assure them that she learned earlier or what she learned earlier is a relief to her and she knows now that she would never be ha- happy with him Mama and Eleanor, mostly Eleanor, has a lot to say about how much Willoughby sucks. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, besides the whole Eliza thing, he's professedly unable to live within his means. And although, of (laughs) course, Marianne would have tried to make things work for them both, he is too selfish to abridge his enjoyments. (laughs) So, yeah. And Marianne is like, you think he's selfish? And Eleanor is like, of course he is. Every aspect of his conduct has been indicative of his selfishness. (laughs) From (laughs) Eliza, to making you fall in love with him, to leaving us all, to marrying the new lady, all the way to him coming to profess his guilt when you were dying. Even now he regrets what he has done. And why does he regret it? Because he hasn't been made happy by his life choices. So that's like one of my favorite Eleanor seeing right through people oh yeah <laughs> and she's like don't no false illusions i mean i may feel sorry for him but no no you <laughs> should completely <laughs> self-interested yeah it's pretty crazy how uh this part of this chapter specifically kind of like let us know at least for me how similar he kind of is to wickham 
and like his endeavors and like the way he thinks it's all about self like propelling yeah and we actually get more of an insight really into why willoughby behaves the way he does and you know right and then wickham because i feel like wickham is still kind of like a mystery yeah we don't get too much (laughs) okay finally eleanor says one observation may i think be fairly drawn from the whole of the story that all Willoughby's difficulties have arisen from the first offense against virtue and his behavior to Eliza Williams. That crime has been the origin of every lesser one and all his present discontents. And Marianne assented most feelingly. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Margaret comes home. Yay. We're all together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eleanor thinks she wants to know how Edward is doing until, unfortunately, she does hear. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because Thomas, their manservant, I think is what they call him, comes in <laughs> and says, I suppose you know, ma'am, that Mr. Ferris is married. And Marianne gives a violent start, looks at Eleanor, sees her turning pale, and falls back in her chair in hysterics. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined the minute he said it, there was a vase somewhere in the back that just crashed to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said Marianne's resolutions don't extend to her heartbreak of her sis. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I can compose myself when it comes to yes. mine and Willoughby's heartbreak, but when I see you, no. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I just love it. Okay, so Mama doesn't know who to comfort because Marianne's <laughs> crying. <laughs> but she does see Eleanor's pain and feels like a real dummy. She rescues Eleanor from the need to make further inquiries by inquiring herself, even though Eleanor is already recovering herself. <laughs> <laughs> just like, let me just shove it down, shove it down. <laughs> shove it down. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, Thomas talked to Lucy in the carriage and she said she was married. Sorry she couldn't come visit right now, but they would come visit on their way back from wherever they're going. And he saw Mr. Ferris, but he never looked up and was slumped back in the carriage. (laughs) Body language. (laughs) Uh, Then there's a funny bit about how none of them now wanted dinner except Margaret, who was glad she had never had to go without dinner due to emotional upheaval. (laughs) (laughs) this is where i thought maybe i'm margaret (laughs) (laughs) yeah right definitely (laughs) so mama is kicking herself for trusting eleanor's account of her own feelings because she kind of thought she was fine until now realizing that she isn't and i said we all did mama (laughs) (laughs) nobody really knew yeah she feared that under this persuasion, she had been unjust and attentive, nay, almost unkind to her Eleanor, that Marianne's affliction, affliction because more acknowledged, more immediately before her, had to had too much engrossed her tenderness and let her way to forget that and let her... I could do this much better if I didn't have so many typos. And let her way to forget in Eleanor that she might have a daughter suffering almost as much certainly with less provocation and greater fortitude. <sighs> uh, this part, like, definitely was like a fuck you, Lucy, because she did that on purpose where she was like, we're married she's now. Everything she's ever done is yes. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, we're married now and not be uh, purposely not getting specifics and is like, go tell yeah. them that I'm married to. She probably had her <laughs> arm. Oh my God. <laughs> <She> had her <laughs> arm. <laughs> 
blocking his her face. Husband, <laughs> like, stay back. <laughs> I want to mess with Eleanor one more time. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Chapter 48, which I titled OMG, Edward is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did feel the same way when I wrote it. Yep. <laughs> So Eleanor is in her feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing something is going to happen one day much further down the line is one thing. Knowing it to have already taken place is another. She had maintained a secret hope that something would happen. A resolution of his own scoff. (laughs) (laughs) A mediation of friends or just Lucy finding something better. And she really wants to know more, but none of their friends slash relatives from town have written to tell them about this marriage. And Eleanor is secretly pissed at all of them. (laughs) (laughs) She knows Colonel Brandon is supposed to come soon and thinks he at least must know something. And then he does come. Psych! It's not Colonel Brandon. It's Edward himself. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing here? Jane also tries to trick us for a second. (laughs) Eleanor is like, oh, Colonel Brandon, just the man I was... Oh my god, it's you! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Eleanor sits down and picks up her work so as to not have to look at him. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you just came. I'm just super busy. I can't look up. Uh Yes. (laughs) She's very agitated. Mama and Marianne try to be just what Eleanor would want them to be. (laughs) So I assume they're like, oh, the weather is so lovely. (laughs) We're traveling. (laughs) We're not thinking about your marriage at all. Edward mumbles out an unintelligible greeting, and finally Mama gets to the point. So, how's your wife? (laughs) (laughs) And he explains that it isn't his wife, it's his brother's wife. What? (laughs) (laughs) Also, while he's explaining this, he manages to destroy a pair of scissors and their sheaf by cutting said sheaf to ribbons with the scissors. I'm like, you are in the better position right now. There's no reason for you to be nervous, Edward. You have good news. And there's something about this, like, little him cutting this thing and destroying the sheep and the scissors, which makes me think of Eraserhead, which is so appropriate mm. for Edward because that is his yes. movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, he tells them Eleanor... Oh, after he tells them, Eleanor is unable to contain herself and runs out of the room and bursts into happy tears. (laughs) And Marianne and Mama try to talk to him after that, but he just stands there lost in his own thoughts. And then he walks out towards the village, leaving them all in shock. (laughs) (laughs) Edward! Why are you so dumb? (laughs) If I was Eleanor, I would have been like, where are you going? Get over here now. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so chapter 49, which I titled, How Can I Sum Up This Gem of a Chapter? (laughs) (laughs) A true gem. So Edward has come there for the express purpose of asking Eleanor to marry him. And he does. He's accepted. And he gains Mama's permission all within three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said, Austin, however, declines to give us the particulars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's like just as Eleanor would want <laughs> right <laughs> she'll honor her wishes this one time <laughs> he now tells Eleanor 
all of the particulars of everything, basically, but especially pertaining to Lucy. Mm. First, he explains how he blames his mother for making him be professionless and idle and how that boredom led him to deciding he loved Lucy. <laughs> I, was so, I was so bored I fell in love. It's all mom's fault that I decided <laughs> I loved Lucy. Ugh. Also, the fact that he hated meeting new people and the fact that his brother sucked. <laughs> okay, Edward. <laughs> right, it's everyone else's fault. <laughs> Yeah, I even today when I was listening to it, I was like, oh my God, Edward, please <laughs> take some responsibility for your own right. trashy behavior. Okay. I mean, not that your mother and brother aren't horrible, but still. They're not solely to blame. <laughs> You're a grown up. Uh, Mama is like, I don't know how to handle these two scrupulously proper kids. <laughs> <laughs> She thinks maybe she should let them have a lots of alone time, but she loves them both too much to want to be apart from them. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and Marianne can only speak her happiness in tears. <laughs> How is there any moisture left in Marianne's body? <laughs> I used to watch in the 90s, Days of Our Lives, and there's mm-hmm. Port Passions. And there's mm-hmm. this one character called Teresa who had to cry every episode. And I was like, oh, my God, she could play Marianne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and cry. <laughs> she was really amazing at just crying at the drop of a hat. OK, so Eleanor is overcome by her own happiness for once. And Edward settles in for a long visit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither of them seem to really have any clue about how Lucy and Robert actually ended up together. They give him the benefit of the doubt that they may have just accidentally ended up together. And like she started flattering him all for Edward's benefit, of course. Mm. And Robert's vanity, they suppose, was easily engaged by Lucy. And that's that. Mm. Although I think in the next chapter, we learn that Lucy basically had a plan and she knows how to wrap anyone around her finger right (laughs) i was gonna say i didn't buy that when i heard it before the last chapter (laughs) (laughs) clearly she had an idea of what she wanted to do from the beginning yeah well they must both be super happy at the moment so they're willing to give her the benefit of the doubt but like normally those two would be the first to be like nope (laughs) (laughs) she was giving so Lucy had been writing to Edward all lovey-dovey up until the last letter, which is ridiculous. I said, someone find it and read it because I can't write the whole thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the book with me, but... So, go back and read that letter. <laughs> that insane letter. She can't write right. <laughs> I have a quote. I believe I may say that since the first half year of our foolish business... This is the only letter I have ever received from her, which the substance made me any amends for the style. (laughs) (laughs) Edward and Eleanor being together is truly a perfect match. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) (laughs) They both have the same cutting wit. If you can call it that. Okay. (laughs) Eleanor thinks Mama Ferris is getting her just desserts. And Edward is like, he's her favorite, so she'll be hurt more by it. But she'll also probably forgive him quicker. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. And he hasn't even tried to talk to any of his family since the whole thing went down in London. Hmm. 
Eleanor is certain that Lucy's final goodbye with Thomas was a final petty attempt to be a bitch to Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Edward himself, now thoroughly enlightened on her character, had no scruple in believing her capable of the utmost meanness and wanton ill nature. (laughs) (laughs) And then they both go off on Lucy and why she would continue her charade until the last second. (laughs) Ugh. I just want there to be like one moment where she just calls Lucy a bitch to her face. Word for word. I don't think they use that term. (laughs) (laughs) Call her, make her a female dog if that's what the term was used for. (laughs) Wanton ill nature is probably pretty bad. Yeah. Well, she's pretty, pretty terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So Eleanor still gives Edward a little poking about how he shouldn't have made her fall in love with him and vice versa when he was already engaged. Mm-hmm. And he pleads ignorance of his own heart. And I said, not a valid excuse in my opinion. No, <laughs> no. Colonel Brandon is expected and Edward is excited to talk to him. He thinks he must have been pretty rude in his acceptance of the living since he thought it was because Eleanor and Colonel Brandon were in love. <laughs> <laughs> and between him and her, they have 3,000 pounds and the curacy will net around 200 pounds a year, which means they'll be making around 350 pounds a year. I don't really understand the math, but... I have tried, and it doesn't compute. (laughs) (laughs) Edward does still have some hope that his mom might come around and help out. Oh, I did... There was one of the first episodes I misspoke one time when I was saying they all all three of the women lived on 50 pounds, but it's more like 500 pounds a year. Uh, Okay, Okay, so anyway... (laughs) Not that anyone has written in or cares, but <laughs> I keep like a running list of all my mistakes in my head. I'm like, I will mention it someday, but I always forget. So uh, Colonel Brandon finally arrives and Mama has run out of room for guests. It's a good problem right. to have. And so he stays at Barton Park, but he comes super early every morning. And I mean, probably the rooms at Barton Park would be nicer, but <laughs> he's already got his own room there. <laughs> He and Edward become very good friends very quickly, and they have to be since they're in love with sisters who love each other. (laughs) And then the letters from town finally start arriving. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Jennings writes to say how Lucy jilted Edward for Robert and stole all her sister's money and left her in London. Oh, stole all of Anne's money. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I thought I was like, ugh. To be that yeah, evil to your own sister. Bitch. <laughs> she just left her there in London with like, I'm going to ruin all of our friendships, steal all your money, and leave you alone in London. Have fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Jennings basically had to pay for Anne to get to her friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> and then John writes to say how much Mama Ferris is to be pitied and how shocked they are to still not have received any word from Edward about the matter. <laughs> and a hint that a letter of submission from him would not go awry. <laughs> <laughs> Edward is like, why should I apologize for Robert being a dick? And Eleanor is like, well, you could just say, dang, I wish I had never gotten engaged to Lucy. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> I said, this is all through Fanny, by the way. So I don't know. I can't remember what why I wrote that. Um, I think Fanny 
maybe Fanny was the one who said like a letter would go wrong way. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. Marianne says, if they actually do speak on your behalf, I might go so far as to consider them not the biggest assholes on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. (laughs) (laughs) And then the two men go off to see Delaford and figure out what improvements need to be made. And then they go to town to talk to Fanny face to face. Face I can't believe it. Face. Edward actually is talking to his sister. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bigger person than I am. And then we get to chapter 40. Wait, or is it 50? 50. 50. <laughs> <laughs> the final chapter. <laughs> so perfect. 50 chapters. No, yeah, it's like a <laughs> tight, like a neat book. Yeah. Okay. So the language of this chapter is a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. I think because of the comedy of it. And I said that this may be my favorite chapter in a Jane Austen novel. (laughs) And it's so funny. Pretty much everyone gets a happy ending. And the last sentence makes me cry with sincere happiness. (laughs) Okay, so Mrs. Ferris has had a lot of fluctuating kids recently. (laughs) First she had two, then she had one, then she had none. So she was pretty ready to forgive Edward (laughs) when he came (laughs) to talk to her. He told her about Eleanor, and when she couldn't talk him out of it, she accepted the marriage and gave him 10,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think Fanny may have a cut of that, but I wasn't really clear as to what they were trying to say. Me neither. It was definitely more than they hoped for and more than enough for them to get married. Yeah, I would say they're not the most lavish people. So <laughs> No. <laughs> they think they may have to wait for some repairs on their new home before they get married, but Eleanor decides to just go for it and they end up staying in the big house with Colonel Bree. Bree? (laughs) (laughs) Colonel Bree. Bree. (laughs) For the first month. (laughs) Of course. Perfect. And everyone comes to visit them. Mrs. Ferris comes. John Mm. and Fanny come. John really likes Colonel Brandon now that um, Hmm. he's seen his house. (laughs) I was just about to say, I wonder why. (laughs) And he encourages Eleanor to encourage Marianne to marry him because he really wants him for a brother. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Be like, can you just leave us alone? <sighs> Meanwhile, Robert and Lucy are farting around at her house. <laughs> She's trying to make all her old friends jealous. And they come back and merely ask Mama to forgive them. <laughs> and. she does forgive robert immediately and then lucy kisses her ass and thanks her for treating her like dirt until she becomes quite mama's f's favorite mama ferris's favorite (laughs) i just love that she's like she basically kisses her ass for treating her like shit (laughs) no self-respect you treating me like that is the best thing that could ever happen to me She has no dignity. I guess that's kind of like a win in a way. They're like, you're debasing yourself. (laughs) You crazy lady. I think the fact that it works also says just as much about Mama Ferris. Exactly. (laughs) Lucy and Robert spend a lot of time with John and Fanny. And they get lots of money from Mama. And besides the fact that they're all very jealous of each other and have many domestic disagreements between both Lucy and Fanny and Lucy and Robert, 
and I guess <laughs> Robert and John. <laughs> seems like Lucy is the instigator of most of them. I can imagine. Besides that, nothing could exceed the harmony in which they all live together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so look get at a him. happy ending, but they all hate each other and fight all the time. Right. <laughs> nothing extra terrible happens. <laughs> they could all be on the Real Housewives of Regency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I would hate them all. And by the time Marianne is 19, which is two, maybe three years after the book opened, I believe. It's like, yeah, maybe like two and some change or something like that. Yeah. Um, she's been convinced <laughs> that <laughs> it doesn't really sound like her family is actively trying to get her to fall in love with Colonel Brandon just because it's like. She has a revelation at some point, like, right. oh, he actually does love me. <laughs> right. He doesn't just it's see me as a young girl. Sounds, yeah. When she's finally, like, old enough to be like, oh, yeah, that's what I want in a husband. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but since she can't do anything by half, and she does truly love him and wants the best for him, her whole heart became, in time, as much devoted to her husband as it had once been to Willoughby. And Colonel Brandon, in turn, is so happy, and all the tragedy of the past is made up for. There's no mention of what happens with Eliza. <laughs> yeah. Was, her love child. I was like, that's something I need to worry about. <laughs> and we find out that Willoughby is, of course, jealous of Colonel Brandon for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And his old patroness, Mrs. Smith, the one who he was visiting, right. forgives him. And so punishes i say that in quotation him by having him know that he probably could have married marianne and not been poor because she finally gives in because she's like well it seems like you really do love your wife so i guess you can have my money <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't develop a habitual gloom of temper or die of a broken heart his wife wasn't actually too horrible and his house wasn't uncomfortable and he still had lots of fun with his sport and his dogs and found no inconsiderable degree of domestic felicity. <laughs> <laughs> he so, was just fine. Happy ending for Willoughby, too. <laughs> as happy as it could be, I guess. He does, however, forever hold up Marianne as the picture of perfection in a woman and judged all women to her from then on. And honestly, hmm. that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he still worships you <laughs> <laughs> at least you know deep down huh? he'll never find someone as good as me <laughs> exactly <laughs> so mama stayed at the cottage and well she stayed at the cottage that she was already living in and just when marianne was moving out margaret was getting to the age where she enjoyed dancing and being teased about boys <laughs> and so continued the happiness of sir john and mrs jennings <laughs> i i when i read that i was like can we have like some like mini sequel of just margaret growing up <laughs> please i know she's already like seen her sisters and so won't right. fall into the same traps but she'll have her own traps that she falls into exactly and i love sir john and mrs jennings just being like come young people you've yes. grown into my circle now let me get you married <laughs> it's like pseudo matchmaking exactly Okay, and between Barton and Delaford, there was that constant communication which strong family affection would naturally dictate. 
and among the merits and the happiness of Eleanor and Marianne, let it not be ranked as the least considerable, that those sisters, and living almost within sight of each other, they could live without disagreement between themselves or producing coolness between their husbands. Oh. <laughs> it's so sweet and yet so funny at the same time. Yes. Two sisters can't live next to each other and get along. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. I love the it. end. It was like one it of those. All got made up for in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of those endings where it was like, because it was so like nice and everything kind of just like settled perfectly. It was like, that's it. But it also was like, uh, it was a long way in the making. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I did not do nearly the justice of Jane Austen's actual language and her funniness in this chapter. <laughs> it was just really good. It was a, just a really great way to end a book. Really neat yeah. and perfect. It's, Definitely, like, my favorite wrap-up, probably, of all time. Because it really covers all the characters. It's short and sweet. It's funny. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, like, unnecessarily torture anyone. They're all basically in the same place that they would be. It's very realistic ending, you know? Like, right. Of course, Lucy's going to end up on fucking top. Because that's where Lucy is putting herself. Right. <laughs> that's where she's aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just... Oh, so good. Did you have a favorite part? Oh, there's so many in this chapter. I really loved the, I think it was like post when Eleanor tells Mama about Willoughby and they're all at dinner and they're all discussing Willoughby. And <laughs> they're all being like coming to terms basically with like, yeah, he was really selfish. And <laughs> he was kind of yeah. like not a great person. Uh, it was just really funny the way they wrapped it up. But. I also really liked in the end, just like the wrapping up of all the people we didn't like, because yes. <laughs> just in the way where it was like, you know, like, oh, this person's life was just, it was just fine. It was just fine. And I was like, okay, yeah, that is perfectly acceptable <laughs> to me. Yeah. I think the last chapter, the first time, well, you know, the time that I can distinctly remember laughing at it so much, I thought, oh, everyone's getting their comeuppance. But then rereading it now, I'm like, actually, everyone's pretty much where they want to be, you know, like, right. even Willoughby is like, I'm happy, you know, I'm not as happy as I might have been, but I, my life is at ruin. Yeah, he's <laughs> I content. got my money in the end, you know. <laughs> right. I think that chapter is just so hilarious. And mm -hmm. I really did like the Edward and Eleanor, like, talking about Lucy and figuring everything <laughs> yes. out and being like, oh, is that what you're really like, Edward? Okay. <laughs> you and Eleanor are perfect for each yes. other. No wonder she loves you. <laughs> I can just imagine them at the beginning of the book when we didn't really see their conversations and, like, how secretly snarky they might have been with each other yeah that's <laughs> exactly what i was thinking i was like and just makes me look back and be like what were those conversations like i would love to hear them <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely yeah i you know i like mary ann becoming more tempered although i'm a little wary of her like i like that she doesn't really become tempered you know i yeah. like that she's trying but like 
deep down, she's still the one bursting into tears when she finds out about her. <laughs> I think there, uh, there's also this like theme in this book of being like, you know, you want to have a balance of both, but there's always going to be one side that is just a little bit more full and she's always just going to be the most, you know, sensibility sensibility (laughs) (laughs) you can't help it Mm -hmm. wow we got through the whole book it's crazy (sighs) it's so good i love this book it was really good in the end i went through way more of a like um i feel like i went through way more of a like a push pull with this book this time i was not expecting it to really like make me go ah so much you know and question yeah. characters so much <laughs> yeah especially because like i think we started off with like a pretty great kind of like lovable character in a way like where i mean catherine doesn't really have a lot of like oh yeah flaws we are like frustrated with her because she's like a young kid basically but yeah and then you know and elliot is just like she kind of knows what she's supposed to do and like what's supposed to happen and she's kind of content in a way so you're not like battling too much so yeah there was like a different kind of like feeling towards the characters in this book that I had too yeah definitely I feel like you really get to see I don't know you like really are like getting into the weeds with these characters (laughs) like yeah and it's not like straightforward either like Eleanor for instance is presented as like being the good sister you know doing things correctly but then when you're reading it you're like but no (laughs) (laughs) No. what you're telling me but i don't agree with that and yeah and you know marianne she really shines when she's brought to life in an adaptation because you can really like Mm -hmm. see all of the like passion which is what makes her so lovable to everyone yeah but you know and i just loved all the secondary characters i feel like i'm already saying my final thoughts Although we're not going to really say our final, final thoughts until the next wrap-up episode, which is right. good because we're already at an hour, practically. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> but, yeah, should we just go ahead and finish our final thoughts? or Sure, we can. For now. Yeah. For now. For now. Because I don't really have anyone good to sort. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, <laughs> there was something I just thought of. I, I was thinking after reading the ending And kind of rethinking about like, you know, how we talked about sense and sensibility and one character is this, one character is that. And and how Eleanor especially is kind of set up to be like the more like seen as like, oh, this is how you should be sort of like at face value. And I wonder if it was something that Jane Austen kind of put in to kind of maybe lead people in a direction. And then at the end, kind of like, turn them around and be like, well, maybe you thought this, but it's actually this. Because like, I think about how people viewed women at the time and being having sensibility and being more emotional and passionate and passionate and was probably seen as like being sillier for women. Yeah. And so I wonder if like, they're like, Marianne's, if like a bunch of, especially the men reading it, were like, Marianne is such a ridiculous young little girl. And then at the end, you're like, you're supposed to have a little bit of both. Maybe. I was just wondering because I know this is like a, well, when we talked to Kristen last, she was saying that it was kind of satirizing, I think not satirizing, but maybe parroting Mm -hmm. 
certain kind of melodramatic books at the time. And I was uh-huh. wondering if it was doing that in a way of like Eleanor would have been or uh, Marianne would have been the heroine of the time or mm. if like they or if it was one of those morality type melodrama because I feel like at the time, you know, morality was always attached to these things. Right. Like, especially if men were writing it. <laughs> like maybe <laughs> they they were all like, oh, no, you should be more like Eleanor. And so she's like, oh, yes, well, Eleanor will be my heroine. But I also point out the flaws by having this Marianne character or I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it was more the people were writing Marianne characters and she was like, no, let's take it back because <laughs> right, that's not going to work in society. I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like you can go either way with it with being like the Eleanor has more of these like you could say masculine associated traits of the time and people, especially men reading it, would be like, that's not how a lady's supposed to act. And then you have Marianne, on the other hand, they're like, she's ridiculous. She's over the top. And so I'm just like really interested if maybe she had some sort of like idea, especially since Kristen did say that maybe they're parodying novels of the time. Like if these characters had also like, besides entertainment value, some other ulterior sort of um, importance to them. Yeah, it makes me wonder if I should attempt to read the book that she's parodying but i don't think that's ever a good idea (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) it probably is a good idea for certain people but maybe not i don't know if i can handle that (laughs) (laughs) these will be like "Ah, i know exactly what she meant by this (laughs) well because i remember when we were doing northanger abbey whatever book that was parodying or books Mm -hmm. Kristen had read one of them and she was like, don't read it. <laughs> it's <not worth> it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they were very much of a particular time. And they definitely wanted a particular sort of person reading it. Okay, so for sorting, I we've already done most of the main characters. So I wrote, I don't know, Margaret or Robert. <laughs> <laughs> let's do margaret okay i could have swore we already did margaret but we did not um huh. okay well we don't know that much about margaret i didn't like um you know we're just doing this on the fly but right i uh, i guess i'm gonna think of her as maybe a cross between eleanor and marianne but maybe a slightly more on the marianne side but like and all yeah. the adaptations they make her very adventurous like you know, she has that atlas in the one we've seen so far. Right. And the tree house. And she really likes, you know, being slightly feminist or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, she's she's the youngest. She's the baby. And so she kind of has, I feel like a lot of times the baby of the family gets more freedom than the other two. And yes. <laughs> kind of has more of an opportunity to, like, really do their own thing. Yeah. I mean, so, she yeah. probably could be out there, like, catching frogs because... Mm-hmm. What is she doing? I mean, I guess there's a good portion where they're all in London and she's just with Mama, like, learning her lessons. So she gets some real good, like, mother-daughter bonding time. Mm -hmm. And she probably gets to just kind of do her own thing a lot. Yeah, literally do whatever she wants. We never hear what her special (laughs) talent is. Like, (laughs) Eleanor has painting and Marion has piano. 
I don't know what Margaret's <laughs> I like to think is. I like to think that it's shooting or hunting. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's Charlotte from um Sanditon. Right. <laughs> That's kind of how I do picture her a little bit. <laughs> well, I like uh the way she's like really into like geography and stuff. Mm-hmm. Adventure in the Emma Thompson movie. Yeah. And I th- there's one that we haven't seen yet in which I think she kind of does a lot of like collecting of sea or like rocks and shells and mm. little creatures and stuff so i guess we could just say that she's like um i have no earthly idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what are the here hold on because I maybe think... like an aries you know kind of yeah. on her own doing her own thing self-motivated um yeah warm though yeah, I like think Aries is really good because they just are very headstrong and I feel like if they set their mind to something, they're going to go follow through with it. And she definitely seems a type where she's like, I don't care what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I like Aries a lot. And I bet she makes a great match with a husband who she really lo- loves and who has a lot of money because <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just foresee that for her. <laughs> she's got connections now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so for D&D, I mean, lawful good, at least at this point. Yeah, because she's so young. Yeah. She tried to do what's right. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. I mean, maybe she'll become more neutral or chaotic as she gets older. But <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she'll have like a rebellious phase. Yeah, but I think she'll probably stay in the good side. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then, as far as David Lynch stuff, well, she's I mean, too young for David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she would definitely be the type who would like, like sneak behind the couch and watch as like yes. Eleanor, Marianne, or like watching Twin Peaks or something. Yeah. And she sees Bob come over the couch and has nightmares for the rest yes. of her life. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mama gets mad at them and said, "I told you not to let your sister watch this." Yeah, although I think she's probably around the same age I was when I first watched it. So, yeah, she could definitely dip her toe into Twin Peaks with uh, Marianne, I assume. <laughs> Maybe Mama. Yeah. Like, Eleanor's like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I could totally see her, like, sneaking into the library and stealing the secret diary and being like, I'm going to read this. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And then she'll bury it because she'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this Laura? What is she doing? (laughs) I love that. All right. Well, that's perfect. I think, I mean, I think I said my final thoughts. I don't know. Is there anything else to say until we talk to Kristen? But I Um, mean, I just, I do really like this book. There was a time in the middle when we were doing it that I was like, do I hate this? Not hate, but is this... (laughs) You know, is this now at the bottom of my list? But I don't think it is. But I do think, I don't think I'll be able to read it in the same easy, not thinking about it manner in the future. I'll always have to think about, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) Right. Well, I think you have to, especially. I love this idea that we kind of like (laughs) form into this podcast where like certain books are better read at like certain times of your life. Like Northanger Abbey (laughs) is like the perfect like, teenage i'm at a, I, in high school kind of book and this yeah. is definitely one of those ones where it's like 
you know, maybe like young to mid adult and like, you know, 20 yeah. is at some point. Yeah, it feels like this is one that you read when you're young and then you go back and read it when you're old. Yeah, <laughs> and, you and you're have two different <laughs> exactly. ideas of it. <laughs> you're like, ooh, I definitely am noticing some different things. Yeah, because it definitely uh, has changed in my eyes over the years as I've been reading it for the last 15 years of my life. <laughs> or yeah. more. How could you not have a different <laughs> opinion? Yeah. But now that we're done with it, I think I might have to go back and watch the Emma Thompson version again. <laughs> I was just thinking that just because I'm like, I, was, I just want to see it in action after just reading it. I know. It would be the perfect, like, if we actually did have a Patreon Patreon thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, now we're going to do a fun recap of some sort. Yeah. A knowledgeable recap. We should watch it and do a commentary on it, though. And just a great you know, have it for whenever we don't feel like putting out a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. We should do that after every book. We should. Too bad there's not enough Northanger Abbey adaptations. There's <sighs> one that we haven't seen, the best one, and I feel like I'm hoarding it because I'm like, <laughs> once we're done with it, there's no more. <laughs> <laughs> Until a surprise one comes out that is high budget. <laughs> I hope. That would be so nice. But I think um, this month or next month or I don't even – no, in relation to when this podcast comes out, but pers- the new persuasion comes out pretty soon. Yeah, and, then, and the Fire Island comes yeah. out this summer, and David Lynch is re-releasing Inland Empire. Ooh, which I think you can go see at the theater. Which <gasps> that could be fun. Interesting. Yeah, they're doing it at um, Sun Sunray. What is it mm-hmm. called? Sunray. Yeah, it's like May 18th or something, I believe. Huh, that could be so fun. So maybe we should look into that. Yeah, for sure. That's fun. Because I've never actually seen that one. <laughs> It'll be new to both of us. That's cool. I know. That would be cool to see in the theater for the first time. Mm-hmm. We Especially a theater like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, well... Should we just do recommendations then? Sure. Do you have one or would you like me to go first? You can go first. Okay. <laughs> well, my my recommendation is going to be a video game. I recently bought the... I don't know. It, I mean, it's like a, a Pokemon title, but I always liken it to... Um, like when they released Kingdom Hearts 1.5. It's like part of the story... And it's sort of an extension, but not a full story in itself. It's kind of like a mini story. But I bought Pokemon Arceus and I am been really enjoying it. Um, it's just like a kind of like flipping the Pokemon concept of the games where it's created like this open world. And it's like in the true sense, like wild in a way where it's like you can walk around and there's like wild Pokemon here and you can interact cool. with them kind of like in the wild without having to go like maybe transition to a battle sequence. And <laughs> it's just really cool. And I kind of hope that they do the rest of the games like this going forward, but I've just really loved it. And I think honestly, this is a great game that if you're not like super familiar with Pokemon, but you kind of like want to get into it or like, I don't know, it just seems like a good non-hardcore Pokemon person game. Is it on the phone or? Um, on the Switch. Oh, okay. Cool. I've never played any Pokemon. And I always think I should try that sometime. So maybe that would be a good opportunity. 
yeah try it it's like a good collecting <laughs> kind of game where you're like gotta get all the pokemon and there some of them are so cute some of them are kind of weird but it's just kind of <laughs> fun to just like i'm just gonna collect them cool so my main problem with recommending stuff because over the past <laughs> like week and a half i've finished a lot of shows that i started and uh-huh. unfortunately i didn't really like very many of them <laughs> <laughs> i did enjoy sanditon which we'll be covering pretty right. much next so yeah i'm so excited that'll be fun there were good and bad points to it but we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast I finished Bridgerton, and I have to say, the second season was not good. <laughs> that's kind of I like... I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the consensus I've heard. It's just, it's not, it doesn't live up to the first season. Yeah. I watched the new Batman movie. Didn't really care for that. Too many Batman in my reverse recommendations right now, but... Um, you can recommend Moon Knight. Okay. I already did. Oh, did you? <laughs> I completely... <laughs> uh. Um, But I will say there's this one. Okay, I've gotten really into watching gardening YouTubes because Uh just because I'm trying to start a garden and I don't know why I just got sucked into one one day and just could not stop. (laughs) Now all my recommendations (laughs) are like tiny houses, gardening, RuPaul's Drag Race and Critical Role. (laughs) (laughs) But there's this one or maybe I'll do two, but there's one particular YouTube that I started watching called Robbie and Gary Gardening Easy, which mm-hmm. it's so not your typical, like, well-produced. <laughs> I mean, it's well-produced, but it's not, like, flashy, you know, kind right. of a YouTube thing. It's just very sincere and maybe a little dorky, but... Oh, I love that, though. I, I love it. It's just this married couple and it's mostly the woman Robbie and her container gardening. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like they have a million videos. They produce them all the time. They're always talking about the same stuff, but <laughs> still I just watched like an entire day of them once and I really like them. And then the other one I've been watching is acre homestead, mm-hmm. which I'm not really that into like, preserving a food but maybe once i have a garden i might be more into it but i don't know why i just get sucked into like yeah i want to see you prepare twenty thousand freezer meals at once i want to see you can <laughs> a thousand pickles i don't know i just there's something, something about it is satisfying about it <laughs> again there's something about that like sincerity of people who really love what they're doing and don't really care about making it look the best that they can mm-hmm. that i just love and i can just watch hours and hours <laughs> so acre homestead and robbie and gary's gardening easy gardening easy <laughs> are the two that i have recently fallen in love with <laughs> that's so cool though i feel like um especially since the pandemic so many people are getting into gardening and like growing their own food and plants and that's a great recommendation because i definitely have been like taking an interest in that and i know you have you have olive trees and you have apple trees now and i love it I'm so scared for my apple trees. <laughs> <laughs> Apples are so tricky from what I hear. But... Yeah, I didn't really know, realize that. But the olive trees look great. They do. Last I have faith I that I can make these olive trees live. <laughs> <laughs> I have faith. And then who knows? Maybe you'll get some great gardening tips from these recommendations. Yeah. So anyway, also the reason I really like the 
Robbie and Gary's is that they make it seem so easy. Like all you need is this and you can like have a baby garden all your own. <laughs> you <just laughs> grow one plant. That's all you need to do. And it'll prove that you can grow more. Ah, that's sweet. So, I like that. Yeah. Like very sincere, like endearing quality. Yep, me too. <laughs> I like to hope that that's what our podcast brings to people sometimes. <laughs> you can get into David Lynch if you just give it just one episode. Like thing. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, I mean, that's really it for this whole section. We're going to do the mm-hmm. wrap up with Kristen. We've got maybe like four more Twin Peaks episodes, which we'll come back after our next check in with. And I think we'll probably do Sanditon in conjunction. I think we'll, I mean, maybe I shouldn't even mention it until we've done the check-in, but we'll probably do like two Sanditon episodes per episode. I think we're going to try to condense it down just because like it's like twice removed from Jane Austen at this point. So, right. <laughs> you know, we're invested, but yeah it's not as much from the source as other things yeah and it's getting on summertime so oh, can't wait. yeah so i don't know probably check in next yeah or maybe our bonus episode or maybe that'll be the same thing i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> We have somewhat of a plan, but I feel like the summer is going to be very much like we're going to watch whatever our fancy strikes us. Exactly. (laughs) Summer of fun. Summer of fun. Yes. And hopefully we'll still be able to get out podcasts every week. (laughs) At the very least, you'll have great episodes to listen to, even if they are pulled from the past. True, true, true. Although I was thinking... Okay, maybe I'll cut this out, but I was thinking of writing Kristen from First Impressions Podcast and seeing uh-huh. if she would let me um, release the Modern Persuasion episode that we did together on oh, our feed. That's a great like, idea. Like, we could just record a beginning and ending so that it's not yeah. like <laughs> we're stealing their podcast. Yeah. But um, just because it's something we would have probably covered on here. Yeah. Not for the Alicia Wick crossover. Alone. Exactly. <laughs> so. That's a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, so you might see that pop, 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 <laughs> popping up, or <laughs> if we can get together sometime soon, maybe we'll do the Sense and Sensibility um, commentary yes. and have that show up. We have lots of ideas. Yeah. Might do some Bollywood summer this summer. <laughs> yeah, that would be really fun. I'm interested, especially because I've, like, yeah. uh, as of recent, have gone to uh, a local Indian restaurant that we love and they always play like Bollywood music videos and stuff on the cool. TVs and uh, ever since like we talked about the Bollywood Jane Austen stuff I'm like is this from the Jane Austen Bollywood <laughs> I'm like I want to see if I can catch <laughs> one of them yeah I'm very excited to watch those there's actually some musicals there's a stage play right now that is by um, Adrian Lucas called Being Mr. Wickham oh. but I don't know that we'll cover that one, but I did buy the um, Emma musical because I knew someone in that. So <laughs> maybe we'll cover that one. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be fun. Whatever you get. Trust us. Whatever you get. <laughs> okay, well, I have rambled on for a while now. So <laughs> I guess that's all for tonight. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Um, and if for oh. our... <laughs> for contact our, information yeah <laughs> for our check-in though you know feel free to write us if you want to 
weighing your thoughts on the book now that we're finished or any like i just got some some thoughts from someone who's now listening to northanger abbey and they're like is it too late to do a mashup and i was like no it's never too late (laughs) we will take literally we'll take them whenever it's because it's so cool to hear everyone's thoughts um so yeah definitely you're finishing an older book that we've already covered like go ahead and write us in write us in on this book any uh thoughts that we've had that you agree disagree let us know um you can yeah. email us at mannersmadness at gmail.com you can dm us on twitter at manners madness or on instagram at manners of madness pod or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at manners and we hope that you will yes and we look forward to hearing from you guys and i guess we'll see you next week yep good night bye